proprietor. The young woman looked at him composedly, lacing her long fingers in front of her. A subtle glance, noting the striped band on his left cuff that showed he was on duty. My father is unwell and resting in bed, she said, her tone implying in the nicest possible way that that was the end of any conversation on that subject. Wilfred, who stood five feet nine in his socks, was unused to meeting women tall enough to look him directly in the eye and found this rather disconcerting. Recalling that the business was that of Doughty and Son, he went on, Then may I see your brother? He could have kicked himself as soon as the words were out. Miss Doughty could not have been more than nineteen. She was not pretty, and she knew she was not. The face was too angular, the form too thin, the shoulders too sharp. She was neat and capable, and her hair was drawn into a careful knot, threaded with a narrow piece of black ribbon. Her one article of adornment was a mourning brooch. Her eyes betrayed for a brief moment a pain renewed. My brother is recently deceased, she paused. If you require to see a gentleman, there is a male assistant who is on an errand, but will, I'm sure, return shortly. If not, then I should mention that I have worked for my father for several years. Wilfred, who could already see in her the makings of the kind of formidable matron who at forty years of age would be enough to terrify any man, took a deep breath and launched into his prepared speech. You may have heard that Mr. Percival Garton of Porchester Terrace died last night. I have, she replied. Bayswater was a hive of talk on all subjects, and several customers had arrived that morning eager to tell the tale, each version more dramatically embellished than the last. Frances Doughty had never met the Gartons, but they had been pointed out to her as persons of eminence. They were often, in good weather, to be seen taking the air, an anxious nursemaid following on with the children, of whom there were now five. Percival was something over medium height, with handsome features impressively bewhiskered, his figure inclining to stoutness, while Henrietta, with a prettily plump face, was ample both of bosom and waist. Frances had observed the way that Henrietta placed her hand on her husband's arm, the little glances of confidence that passed between them, the small acts of consideration that showed that, in each other's eyes at least, they were still the same graceful and slender creatures they had been on the day of their wedding. There was a delightful informality about Henrietta's pleasure in her husband's company, while Percival, at a period in life when so many men were pressed down by the cares of business and family, showed the world a smooth and untroubled brow. Bayswater society had judged them a most fortunate couple. Is it known how he died? asked Francis. Not yet, I'm afraid. We're making inquiries about everything he ate and drank yesterday, and it is believed that he had a prescription made up at this shop. I'll see. She moved behind the wooden screen that separated the dispensing desk from the eyes of customers and emerged with a leather-bound book which she placed on the counter. As she turned to the most recent pages, 
Wilfred saw that it was a record of prescriptions. Yes, here it is. She pointed to some faint and wavering script that he felt sure was not hers. Yesterday evening, a digestive mixture. I'm not sure I can read that, miss, said Wilfred awkwardly. Is it in Latin? It is. I'll show you what it means. She fetched two round bottles from the shelf behind her, one clear and one pale blue, and placed them on the counter, then added a flat glass medicine bottle and a conical measure. First of all, two drachms, that is, teaspoonfuls, from this bottle, tincture of nux vomica. She pointed to the clear bottle, which was half full of brown liquid. The tincture is a dilute preparation from liquid extract of nux vomica, which in turn is manufactured from the powdered...